Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I wanted to talk about mixed media, mixing different types of media with your photography. And in particular, I'm going to be talking about something recently I've been kind of experimenting with myself. And I've had an iPad Pro for ages, and um, I upgraded my iPad Pro, and I but I never upgraded the the pencil that you need with the new iPad Pro until just recently. So I just recently lashed out and bought the uh, pencil to match the current iPad Pro that I've got. And I've just been experimenting with um, using that with uh, the program I'm using or the app at the moment is called Procreate. We can actually bring photos in and you can actually um, manipulate the photos. A bit like Photoshop, but I think you've got more control if you're drawing and doing things with the the pen on the um, iPad Pro. It's a, it allows you to kind of add elements to the to, to the photos or overpaint the images with um you know freehand freehand actions and you know adding or removing elements or stretching elements around or playing around with the composition changing it and adding bits and pieces in so i, I just don't know how many other people out there have experimented with it but it's been a i thought i'd just kind of relate my experience of just recently just kind of picking that up and being able to to a manipulate some photos in a different way and add some different elements and also just create something from just create something from fresh where you just basically take an idea and you start sketching it out and you develop the idea and you and you bring it to life till you've got a finished image and i think the interesting about photography and we've talked about it a number of times on focus about the create the creative process i mean the creative process is the same for for many different types of medium, how people will go about creating something or, or making an image, whether it be drawing it, um, sketching it, painting it, or capturing it with a camera. There's a lot of things, obviously, a lot of similarities. But there's a lot of things that are very similar to those processes, and especially like, I suppose, how the end image turns out and how it actually looks with things like composition and colour and those types of things and the storytelling aspect of it as well all makes kind of, will we'll have an impact on that image. So, like I said, in this episode, I thought I'd just kind of explore the idea of talking about using mixed media. That's basically maybe taking a photograph and, and like I said, adding adding drawn-in elements to that photograph and or isolating just a piece of that photo from the the image and then create a whole new image around that piece. Again, that's, I mean, the sky's the limit. But I think it's kind of interesting that, and look, at the, at the moment, the things that I've played with have been, they do actually give you some example images, which obviously someone else has done. But my preference always has been like, and I do this with composite images as well, that my preference is I, I like to have created all the elements. So if you're going to take a photograph, and again, different people are happy just to maybe download a, a file from somewhere and uh, off the internet, like a, one of the royalty-free image stock photo sites that are around these days and take that image and then make some changes and make it your own i just like i said i just like to have all the elements in there to be 
my own work, so you know, I'd particularly like to have an idea. I need a base image. I'll shoot the base image, then use it to manipulate it around, change it. And typically, you can't find, particularly if you're trying to, if you have an idea in your head, and you want to place something like a, a photograph piece into a another scene that you're going to draw. Sometimes the angle that it sits at, those types of things, you probably struggle sometimes to get exactly what you envisage in your head in a stock image. You might get something close if you're trying to get a, you know, you want a picture of a chair and you're going to bring that chair into a, a forest setting or something, but you want the chair to be sitting a particular way. Sometimes it's better to photograph a chair and position it in a way that when you start overpainting it, it basically is exactly where you want it in the image at the right angle so you don't have to kind of mess around with the actual image itself you just use it as it was shot and I think that struggles sometimes to get something that is from a stock image anyway something that's going to be fit exactly and you might look other time there will be people like I said I know a lot of people doing their composite work do just use stock images or clip art or use other people's work in there if you do do other people's work and you know who it is I think you should always acknowledge that some of the elements were you know created by somebody else not always that easy to do with some of the um, stock stuff out there because sometimes you don't know who's created it so it's just a bit of food for thought to think about maybe if you've been doing photography for a long time and maybe you've done a bit of drawing or maybe you've done some some artwork as well which you know a lot of photographers do like I said have other mediums that they work with whether they be working with um, timber or metal or or other elements to make things that I suppose the natural extension of the digital world these days is you know the digital drawing tablet like the iPad Pro you know gives you the ability now to sketch on unlimited sheets of paper basically just discard stuff that doesn't work like sometimes you'll start sketching something out and you'll just get to a point where you go nah this is not working it's not what this is not what I thought uh, this is not, not what I'm trying to this is not what I'm trying to create it's not kind of there and sometimes one of the interesting techniques that I've learned, I suppose, as a creative, and it kind of applies to lots of other things in life as well, is that sometimes you're trying to do, you set out to do something, you've got an idea, you set out to do it, and you're trying to do it, and it's just not doing what you want it to do. It's not looking right, it's not feeling right, and you can get frustrated really easy because you're trying to create this thing, but it's just, you just can't get the angle right. You can't get the, the look on it right, so you just kind of get really, like I said, frustrated and you can get stuck in this kind of repetitive loop of trying to fix it and the more you fix it, the worse it makes it. One of the things I've learned, or I've had to learn and teach myself to do is sometimes you have to park things. And, you know, when you park something, it just simply means that you're not discarding it, you're not deleting it, you're just going to park it and you're going to let it sit and then you're going to come back to it at some point. And funnily enough, when you do come back to it at a later point, typically you can then see exactly what you need to do to make that work or probably been subconsciously thinking about that image. I need to do this. I need to bring this element into it. I need to change this or I need to change the color. Or I need to change the, the angle to make it more realistic or make it to work better. So these are things that, like I said, I found this parking technique works with lots of different things. Like when you're trying to do something, Sometimes you pull something apart to see if you can fix it. Yeah, you know, it's not working properly, so you pull something apart and little parts fly out every which way and and you can try to put it back together and you can get really frustrated sometimes where you just can't get it the part to hold in where you clip this in it, that part flies out. 
typically in those two those type of situations, I've also found it's it's just good sometimes to walk away and do something else completely different, and then come back to it at a later date. And then sometimes you can just then it just seems to be so much simpler. But you can get kind of frustrated once you have a few goes and it doesn't work. And I think once you get frustrated, sometimes that it's easier to kind of keep making the same mistake over again, and you can't kind of get a get a result. So. So I think parking things is a really good technique for people who, like I said, you know, you're creating something and it hasn't worked out the way you want. Don't give up because if you've got a, you know, quite often you have an idea and it's a good idea, but sometimes you it just like it's just not developing. So and again, by parking stuff, I think it's a great way to kind of, like I said, give you the give you the opportunity to come back to it with a fresh mind. And sometimes, like you know, a lot of people say about some things. You, know, you shouldn't make a decision about this. You should sleep on it um, because once you've had time to kind of process stuff and think about stuff a bit, that sometimes that you'll apply yourself differently if you kind of have that time that time period. But when you're kind of doing stuff on the fly instantly, it can be um, a bit of a – the results can change. So on this episode, talking about mixed media, talking about um, using things like Apple Pencil, iPad Pro, and um, programs like Procreate, and using that to actually create completely new, um, completely new artwork, also to modify and overpaint images. And interestingly, overpainting of images has been something that's been done pretty much, I think, from the start of photography. That quite often, you know, because the early uh, photography techniques were all monochrome. Colour didn't come in for for quite some time before colour photography became a real thing. That so what people would do is you know they get a family portrait taken, so the photographs were were taken, and then an artist would sit there and colour in the dresses, putting all the detail like hand brushing everything in, even you know colouring the faces, putting the blush on the cheeks, the sparkle in the eye, all that type of stuff done with that delicate artistry from a paintbrush and quite amazing when you see some of the overpainted images from the I suppose the turn of the century I mean there is something sometimes they can look a little bit weird a little bit cartoonish a little bit overdone but some of them actually look really cool so I think it's kind of one of those things that it, it allows you to actually even dabble with you know with using that type of thing where if you've taken a portrait of someone take the portrait convert it to monochrome and then use that portrait to practice overpainting and and you know adding color in by by brush or whether it be a digital brush like a um, apple pencil or whether it actually be a you know whether you actually printed out the photo and actually had a crack at just actually brushing paint straight onto the photo just to again try and create a a different look I think it's a good a good way to explore things and I think anything you can do that expands your creative skills whether it be you know and that can be for a lot of people a lot of photographers make their things like they'll do their own backdrops and this is an example I suppose of that expanding your creative skills as well is that you know some people buy a roller canvas and they'll lay the canvas down and they'll splash paint on it and they'll brush here and brush there and add a color here and you know blend it all together to make this kind of backdrop that they can use for portraiture photography because it's it's hand painted and a lot of the early you know a lot of the jobs of um photographers starting out in studios they have to you know hand paint backdrops for the for the sets that we use for portraiture photography and again you could add your own you could own your add your own kind of I suppose 
flavour to it by, you know, how you do the, how you apply the paint and the texture you make it and the, the colours that you use. And I think that's another area, like I said, you can get in and do things that are um, using other skills that you might have, but those skills kind of work in with your photography skills as well. One of the other areas, I think, too, where you kind of have that mixed mixture of, of um, different mediums that sometimes for photography you have to create props. So a lot of people um, will then dabble in and start creating a prop, whether they're making it out of paper mache or whether they're making it out of other materials like timber or whatever and painting it to look like a treasure chest or whatever whatever the element they're trying to create to use in a photo. Um, and we see this with a lot of photographers actually, like I said, have created pieces just simply to use in a photograph. And sometimes the pieces are mocked up, so like only the front of it's actually done, the back of it's just a bare plywood box, but the front's made to look really, really elaborate, like a it could be a treasure chest with a pirate's treasure in it, these types of things. But again, that's the great way that, you know, as a photographer, we can, we can manipulate the truth and um, we can show people what we want to show them and don't have to show them that. I mean, that's what happened in, in all the early, all the early Westerns, you know, the towns that you'd see them walking up the street, you know, have the gunfight, you know, they're all, they're all just facades. So they're just a front of a building with no, nothing behind it. They're basically standing up on, on props and, um, you know, they only built the, couple of buildings like the saloon and the sheriff's office where you'd actually have scenes shot inside and a lot of the other stuff would be actually just mock up or just the front of a make it look like a front of a shop or look like a front of a some type of other premises and they also interesting they used to use a lot of techniques to trick trick people they'd change things like the the size of the doorways to make people look different so you know if they'd put a you know, had a had a female, they might actually have the door, have the doorway made bigger so she looks smaller than she really is, and then they might have a a doorway that's made smaller so the the cowboy standing in front of it looks like he's you know six foot six foot eleven you know can't even fit through the door, but the door's only you know five foot eleven or something so it's deliberately to trickery to um I suppose uh, trick people's eyes and so there's a lot of techniques done like that. And again, but that's all um, people who work in those type of fields, like working on movie sets, building the sets. I mean, again, it's another part of that creative process. And like I said, it's we do see it quite often flow through into photography where a lot of people, like I said, love creating little scenes. I mean, we see that with um, the miniature scenes that people create, you know, things like Lego and other things. Are, people get very, very creative building these little tiny sets and then photographing, you know, placing the pieces in there. Typically, they're telling some type of story. They're doing something. There's an action that they're doing. Quite often, people will create stuff around them, like to make it more realistic or make it more believable. And I think, like I said, it, it's not a bad thing. If you haven't actually used some of your other creative skills into your photography yet, maybe it's time to start thinking about what other creative areas, and this might help you to find a bit of a a bit of a niche in your photography. I mean, a lot of people sometimes are looking for a, they're looking for that thing to do that they can kind of excel at. And sometimes, like I said, I see some photographers have really niched down into that kind of miniature market where they really create these amazing miniature scenes, but they're typically they're handcrafting all the pieces that go into it. So if you've got a particular skill where you can, you know, you can you can um, sculpture and make incredible little figures and paint them and and then use them as props within a photograph. Again, 
it just helps stretch your, I suppose it stretches your photography skills as well because the things that you have to deal with and there's challenges you have to overcome when you when you're creating these scenes as well with lighting and other types of things as well to make it look realistic. Sometimes you've got to play around and position lights in a particular way so the shadows look right. It looks believable. So the, and again, but it teaches you so much about light. So it's always good, like I said, anything that gets you kind of thinking and problem solving. And, that, and that's a probably problem solving is if you can solve a problem and a lot of people when they actually start out photography, they actually learn by problem solving. They basically just start taking photos and they see the problem with the photo and then they try and work out, okay, this photo is blurry, this person's moving, what do I need to do to fix it? Oh, okay, if I make the shutter speed faster, maybe I can freeze that person. And then they learn through that process of saying, oh, okay, well, next time I shoot this scene, I need to make sure my, my shutter speed is one four hundredth of a second so I know that I capture that action frozen. So people learn by that process sometimes. They just go through and they, so I suppose it's kind of like a bit like reverse engineering stuff. Sometimes people will go in and look at something how it, and, and try and work out how it works and then work out you know where things can go wrong and then when something potentially does go wrong, they know what area um, to kind of tackle and, and how to fix it. This episode of Focus, um, we're talking about um, mixing it up, using different mediums to... I suppose, let out your creative energy, you know, to give yourself a creative outlet. And like I said, it's been been interesting because I haven't really drawn for years and really since I've had the Apple Pencil, I've kind of been drawing probably every day, just drawing something. Some of the stuff gets put up on my Instagram, some of it doesn't. I'm just sitting on some stuff. But i just kind of learning and experimenting with that medium because I just find it so so creative that you've got this tool that basically you can use to create something again from what we do as photographers we create something from nothing like you know when you go out and you've got a blank memory card in your camera and you come home with a whole bunch of images it's because you've created those images you've been able to um, craft that scene or you've been able to capture that particular scene with your camera and, and create an image that you can then later on share with people and that's, like I said, all creative mediums are literally start with nothing. Um, and that's not probably entirely true because I think a lot of people, I mean, you have to start with an idea. Like it's when you, even if, uh, as an artist, I mean, you can't just pull out a canvas and some paintbrushes and not have an idea what you're going to paint. You need an idea and then you build on that idea. Similarly with photography, when you go out to shoot something, you're going to a particular, uh, an event or you're going to a particular location because you want to capture a sunset or you're going to a football game and you want to kind of capture the action so you do have some ideas of you know what you want to try and achieve you know people might go to the football thinking i want to catch that shot where the guy's you know diving for the ball and he's kind of flying through the air like he's superman and reaching out to grab the ball or, or or getting the try down or whatever whatever it is that you know a lot of people will have an idea when they go and you know, shoot something a little bit different. I can remember shooting some drag racing a couple of years back and one of the shots that I really wanted to get was on the big dragsters. They've got these massive big tyres on the back. And when they actually take off, that when the, you know, kind of the light goes green and they're off, that 
the wheel spins like turns within the tire and the tire distorts so much that this because so much power is being put to the ground and this tire is being twisted i wanted to get some shots of the actual distortion in the tire which takes a obviously um split second time because i tell you what they don't hang around on that start line for very long they're they're gone um but kind of getting set up and ready and getting that shot and i managed to shoot on a couple of different cars and get that really graphical um, twist in the tire so it's that that little fraction of a second before the car's completely gone out of you out of your frame it's moved off um, again that's using you know using a really high shutter speed to, to kind of freeze that moment and obviously hitting the hitting the shutter at the decisive moment um, which takes a bit of practice and sometimes that's like i said it's a lot of those things trying to capture images like that you know something like water splashing or something throwing a rock in the water and trying to get the splash um, again is that trying to judge that moment to to get the right frame i mean these days too like some people kind of achieve these shots with some of the technologies in the cameras you know some of the newer cameras out now can you know shoot like up to 30 plus frames a second so the idea being that the spray and pray technique where you just basically something like something's going to happen in front of the camera you just you hold the shutter down and it just pops off all these frames and you're just hoping in amongst that big collection of uh, images that you've done in that burst that there's going to be a there's going to be the the hero shot that's going to be the shot you're trying to get and for some people they think that's kind of cheating sometimes like i said if you're just trying to do it as a one-off shot where you're just trying to get this one you're trying to get the shot and you're trying to get it in a single frame it takes a lot of patience and timing and um, planning as well because there's a lot of things you different you know have to be kind of considered to get shots like that so again we're talking about mixing it up with your photography if you've got some other skills try and work out how you can bring those other skills into your photography so like i said whether it be drawing skills whether they be you know painting skills whether they be um, sculpturing making things with your hands like you know whether you can you know knock off some make some props or some other thing or or create something you know or create a rig to to be able to do a um to create a particular photo and you know over the years i've been able i've been lucky because of um i suppose i I do love building stuff out of timber and metal and those types of things that i've been able to build little rigs to do things like i built a number of different rigs for water droplets a whole bunch of different rigs that held would hold the tray would hold the hold the drip mechanism would hold the the backboard and the and the all the other elements so you could just have the whole thing would just simply be all assembled there in front of you very very simply not trying to you know gaffer tape stuff together and hope and halfway through the shot the gaffer tape lets go and what you're trying to photograph falls off which we've probably all had that experience at some point i'm trying to when you're experimenting with photography and you're trying to make a kind of make a a jerry rigged up system where you just kind of slap something together really quickly um but if you've got the skills to be able to like i said do it to a to a better level why not investigate using those skills and just try doing something a little bit different like i said because i found it really refreshing just doing something a little bit different um i mean like i said i do mix it up and i do do all these other things as well with my photography but like I said, it's just another area where you can try, just try something different and just get out there and uh, experiment because I mean, photography is meant to be fun. And like sometimes you just, sometimes you might just find your calling in photography. Maybe you haven't got to that point. Some people have got to that point where they've found out what their, 
what their niche is, you know, whether it be, you know, they've, they've niched down, they love sports and they just really concentrate on their sporting photography. Whether they've niched down, they're, you know, photographing people and doing their portrait um, type work or, um, you know, other types of photography that people will eventually find the thing that makes them happy. And I, th- I always say to people is that what, you know, when you're out there shooting, what you should do is you should shoot stuff, shoot more of what makes you happy. Don't shoot for other people, shoot for yourself and enjoy it. This has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. As always, if you've uh, enjoyed this episode or it's got you thinking and uh, you've got your own comments about it, we're always happy to hear those comments. Always happy to um, get your direct messages as well. We're on all the major social media sites. You can find my Instagram account under just Steve Stephen Finkel and you'll and see all the Photo Mission stuff as well, the Photo Mission on Facebook and all those types of things as well. So until next time. Enjoy your photography and talk to you again soon. See ya. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone.